Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast. Tell me, young Luke. What brings you out this far? Our Star Wars The Complete Saga Retrospective continues. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. There is a great disturbance in the Force. I have felt it. How did my father die? Anakin was a good friend. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I was wrong. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing Star Wars, the original trilogy. You cannot escape your destiny. You must face Darth Vader again. No. I can't do it. This episode will contain spoilers. I'll not leave you here. I've got to save you. I won't leave you. And now, here are your hosts for this retrospective. Mike Winkler, Alistair Englehart, and Jeremy Larson. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Star Wars The Complete Saga Retrospective. Uh, we are through uh, the prequel trilogy, and now we're on to the original trilogy. I am here, uh, Mike Winkler, with returning Alistair Englehart. Hey, everyone. And returning yet again for his second podcast, Jeremy Larson. Welcome back, Jeremy. Hello, everybody. Woo. All right. Well, diving into the original, original trilogy of Star Wars, the trilogy that started it all, the trilogy that's much loved by everybody. I don't think you're going to find many people that really hate on it, and if you do, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast or even have even watched a Star Wars movie for that matter. But, uh, but anyway, um, I really wanted to open up this podcast with really one great question for, for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is the trilogy that made us all fall in love with Star Wars. So um, tell me the moment that you saw it for the first time and what made you fall in love with this trilogy. Oh, wow. Gosh, I only remember when I saw it for the first time. I was so young. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that, there's that one video on YouTube, the, uh, um, the, when to tell, talk to your kid about Star Wars. I think, Jeremy, you might have sent that to me a long time ago. But I think my dad showed me the movies when I was pretty young. Um, so young that I, I, don't, I don't remember the first time I saw them. But um, I think that for me, the moment that made it was uh, the initial battle scene at Yavin 4 in A New oh, Hope. Yeah. Or I guess the, the, yeah, the battle scene over Yavin 4 in A New Hope was, uh, and I've always been a sucker for the battle scenes in Star Wars. I've always oh, God, loved, yeah. especially the, the starfighter fights. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it would have been either that or the first time we saw the Falcon, I guess the, the Falcon running from the Death Star um, when they were kind of navigating um, that fight with that was it three three tie fighters uh four tie four? fighters yeah four yeah because yeah. han and luke yeah. got both of them each or two yeah. of them each yeah I, I i remember as a kid loving both those scenes a lot <laughs> and, for, and, for the, and for the time period too you know when uh that was huge you know 1977 mm-hmm. that was something that nobody had ever seen before so yeah. i mean i can see why that would be the, be the scenes that should really would pinpoint because those were things that even as a kid you know mm-hmm. those were big scenes to watch very, very novel yeah mm-hmm. and just to think that they pulled that off in the late 70s early 80s with that much <laughs> finesse yeah. and how it looked it, it was a masterpiece back yeah, then. Do, they, do they, they, yeah do i think you know much about the modeling the way they kind of pulled off all of the um yeah the starfighter fights I think it was all miniatures. As yeah, far it was as all I miniatures. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then the rest was like low, but like low CGI sort of thing because it was all laser <laughs> effects and that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you go back and watch the original cool. cut, you can see like the uh, the artifact blocking around the Tie Fighters and stuff. Very mm-hmm. early CG. Yeah. But uh, of course, that's since been fixed. You know, half a dozen mm-hmm. times with all the special editions and everything. So, I, I actually the the original. I I saw the original trilogy on the original VHSs that came out. My grandfather showed me those when I was like six years old. Yep. I give my love to Star Wars. I send that to my grandfather. <laughs> he was the one that introduced me to it. Mm-hmm. He got me, uh, oh gosh, a, a load of games that had to do with that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cemented my love for sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the initial scene that made me like really into it was that that TIE fighter scene when they're in the gunners, the gunnering points yeah. of the I mean, Falcon. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, so great. Tom Williams' pounding score. Yes, the score, the score that goes <laughs> along with it. That yep. also a powerful reminder. <laughs> I, I, I want to applaud John Williams too for the fact that he did all nine Star Wars films. Yeah. That's um, just incredible feat. I, I just a, yeah. I'm glad he got to do all the way all the way through because I think that if he wouldn't have done the sequel trilogy, something would have been would have been missing greatly because that's still yeah. that's the best part of the sequel trilogy. Really, to be honest, is John Williams' score. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I it's funny. Um, so Mike has gotten me um, the new soundtrack every year that a uh, Star Wars movie has come out. Uh, it, inevitably, it's my Christmas gift from him. <laughs> Which it's gonna I'm be tough really, this year. So I'm really excited. I'm always really excited for. Um, but I, I, I remember the last time um, I got one that I was just um, thought it was really cool that I've, I've had to, I've been forced to fall in love with new musical themes with each soundtrack, but also like see, you know, little glimpses of all the old themes every time too. Like he's just very, it's just very impressive the amount of fresh content that he can pump out and the way he weaves it with, um, you know, just a really good balance with the old content too, old themes. Mm-hmm. I know what you're getting this year. You're getting the soundtrack to the Mandalorian. Oh, there you go. I was yep. going to say Clone Wars. Can I? Oh, well, there's added, that too. Can I get added to those lists? <laughs> hey, did you all see season uh, season seven of Clone Wars yet? I'm no. still getting there. I'm oh, working so my good. way through it. So good. The last four episodes are kind of like uh, a part one, two, three, and four, leading up mm-hmm. to Order sixty six. Oh gosh. It's, so, the, I, so the I, ending of the series is not like into Revenge of the Sith. It kind of takes place within Revenge of the Sith a little the bit. La, yeah. It, so the last four episodes are kind of um, concurrent with the the um, 
story of episode three. It's all okay. kind of, but it's happening from Ahsoka's view, Anakin's Padawan, oh, and ah, uh, yeah, you, you, you just have to see it. There's going to be so so many grown moments where you realized how everything could have been prevented, but yeah, wow. yep, check it out. Well, Remember. I'm glad to see they gave Ahsoka, um, because I think the biggest concern was is before Clone Wars was picked back up to finish its story, the mm -hmm. Ahsoka storyline was so was left open ended so much. Everybody wanted to know what happened to her. Yeah, oh, they did a great job wrapping it up. I'm glad. Well, That's a relief. Not, wrapping it uh, wrapping it up in a sense, but definitely still like. I'm excited that she's probably coming yeah. back for Mandalorian season two. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to take us off track of the original, no, it's original okay. trilogy. <laughs> How dare you talk more about Star Wars, Alice? But I hope they CGI her in the original trilogy somehow. <laughs> oh, gosh. The next special edition? <laughs> special, special, special edition. Yeah. They'll edit her into the prequels or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So uh, here's, here's my question. Mm -hmm. Who shot first? Ooh. That's, well, uh, that's definitely uh, Han for me. I'm going to say Han. <laughs> yeah, if I go back to what the original intended version was, it was Han. That that's yeah. the way it was intended to be, and mm -hmm. yeah, Han. Now, why why do you all think they, Mike? You're you're pretty familiar with all these different versions of all the different films. Why they why they change that? What was the what was the drive? You know, Lucas got very. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Heavy. Because he was so, I think he was so excited by the fact that he had access to all these different special effects right before the prequels were going to get made. And I think he just kind of got a little bit effects happy. Ooh, that would look good here. That would look good here. I mean, look at the stormtroopers on the, on the creatures. That still looks terrible today. And I'm surprised yeah. that, you know, with, with, with the updated Blu-ray and 4K releases, they didn't kind of maybe either tweak those to make them look better or get rid of it completely because sure. they still don't look good. Yeah. And Disney, Disney, I guess, does not want to spend more money, which I don't know why, considering they make a fortune on between mm -hmm. Marvel and Star Wars. But mm -hmm. that's a whole different subject. But well, um, I mean, you could only tweak uh, a movie from the '70s to look so good before right? it suddenly starts to look out of place. True. <laughs> I think that's Very that's true. the reason they haven't done anything with it. <laughs> it gets it gets complicated real quick because all of a sudden it looks like a '70s movie that's been tweaked by some kind of guy that went <laughs> edit happy in an editing bay just to have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. Very so true. you had mentioned Stormtrooper. This was another thing I was thinking about, Mike, but in anticipation of this, of this particular episode, one thing that I've always thought was interesting was, in, a, in kind of a funny way, is just how poor a shot the Stormtroopers are. And what makes oh, it yeah. even more interesting was I, I was just making this connection in A New Hope. What is one of the, th the first indications we have of who the stormtroopers are as an army from Ben? Yeah, they're precise. They're, yeah, he said, yeah. He, said, he said, only stormtroopers could be so precise. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna interject on this. I think that, <laughs> I think, well, the thing is, is that they even made a mention of it. They wanted them to get away. They did. In the movie, they're just like, I'm taking it sure. off all risk, Vader. Sure. Like, like, they're not preventing them from getting away. That, that's sure. the thing. They're not trying to wound them. They're not trying to cripple them or anything. They just, they're, they're making it look tough so that they get away. I feel <laughs> like it's just like, oh man, it was so lucky. But I think it was just, it was staged. Planned. It was staged, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah for a the, that's a good point. For the Empire being so tough and, and ruthless across the galaxy, you would think their, uh, their army would be better shots. 
and their their aim does improve when you get to like the next uh, when you get to Empire. Mm. That's true. That is true. It does sure. improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Huh. All right. So uh, let's dive first in, of course, to a New Hope. And what are guys some of the thoughts on New Hope? Hmm. Um. It, the reason that a New Hope is it's it's hard to critique. It's because it's the very beginning, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. cinematic release wise, and and that is why it's always great to just start with the original trilogy. Is because if you can get through a New Hope, you can pretty much get through all of them at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it is it's because it was so new that it was there's a lot of open space mm-hmm. in huh. in a New Hope where you just see a bunch of cinematic. Uh, oh, there's the Millennium Falcon flying towards the planet. There's the Millennium Falcon flying away from Tatooine. Like, it's, yeah, that, that's oh. the thing. Is that they wanted to make it as big as possible, so they had to expand those scenes as much as possible to see. Oh, ah, that kind of stuff always starts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely, yeah. I really enjoyed Mark Hamill. You know, I've always been surprised when I've heard of people who kind of view his acting the same way they they kind of critique Hayden Christensen's and I just have never put the two of them in the same category um I, I I'm not sure if if the critique they have is that he's he's not a very perhaps demonstrative actor but I think that was for me I don't know I just I look back and I I really he felt very real to me he felt like a very real character he was he was relatively simple he found himself all of a sudden wrapped up in this huge story that he had no idea he was part of. Mm-hmm. And his personality, once he got wrapped up into it, you know, we see some of the, the evolution of his character in terms of his courage, but but he didn't, like his his overall temperament didn't change drastically quickly, which I, I, I really like that. Um, yeah. I really like, I thought he was a really good, I think, yeah, I, I really thought his acting was great in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those things too. Um, with, with Mark Hamill too, you know, he has to be this, um, I don't, I don't know how, um, I don't know how much acting Mark Hamill had done coming into this. I don't know what sure. his, what his resume really was or his filmography, but, uh, mm-hmm. to take on this role of being this, this farm boy turned future Jedi type of role. Um, he, you're, you're right. I mean, watching this, I mean, I, I kind of watched a new hope a little differently this time. I kind of looked at it as in, if I was watching it for the very first time, how would I view it through a fresh pair of eyes? Yeah. And uh, doing comparisons between the prequels and this, I kind of did a lot of comparisons between Anakin and Luke mm. to really really see if it felt like, you know, that it really was a father and son combo. Mm. And to me, it really did feel like that. Mark Hamill really projected a lot of, it felt like a lot of Hayden Christian's type of, type of acting a little bit. Mm. Luke kind of felt like Anakin. Um, and it, it just everything just seemed to work. I don't know if you guys know this, but did you ever notice in A New Hope to Empire how uh, Luke's face looks slightly different? No. Yeah. Yep. I didn't notice that. Mark Hamill, yeah. after I think a couple years after uh, Episode Four, he was in a car accident, really? and yeah, and and it, mm-hmm. it damaged his face, and he had to have some kind of reconstructive surgery, partly on his face and stuff, and that's wow. why you'll notice some different facial facial scars or different facial. Uh, uh, features on him in Empire that are different. Yep. I, I thought, I it, was, I, I thought it was the Wampa. 
<laughs> well, that would explain the everything claws. after the fact. The, the, the back that can only heal so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. But the trivia, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, not cool for him, but. No, but no, not. unfortunately not. <laughs> Congratulations, Mark Hamill. Car accident, achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you really uh, put yourself in a character for the Wampus Scar there. Nice job. <laughs> so uh, another thought about A New Hope, and this was another um, place I wanted to get you all's thoughts on. As I think about it more and more, I agree more and more Luke's approach to Vader being Anakin and disagree more and more with Ben's decision to lie to him. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I get where Ben was coming from. I mean, he has an opportunity to try to try to justify himself with, um, with, with Luke, but I, I think more and more, especially when I see how, how ultimately Luke's faith in his father's ability to be redeemed from the dark side, you know, saved the galaxy. Um, the, I mean, theoretically, if, 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 if he had never come to realize the truth, I, I don't know that he would have gone, gone to any lengths to try to redeem Vader. Um, and yeah. I, I find myself wondering that if Ben had perhaps told him sooner, um, I don't know. It just would have been interesting to see how that could have impacted their relationship even more. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. We're looking at this from, I think it's like a span of 20 years that go by between Revenge and The New Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the the transition to Vader is already still very fresh. Order 66 is still very fresh with everybody. It's a very dangerous galaxy for a Jedi with two Force-sensitive children yeah. to be yeah. in, and as much as you'd want to bring that up to Vader, I am not sure how you can ex exactly do that and, ha and have him alone while doing that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you know what I'm excited for too is that um, uh, listening to Ben's uh, dialogue or his spiel to Luke about his father and how Vader killed him and this and that. Mm -hmm. I, I just love watching that scene now because now that we've seen it mm -hmm. and um, I am so excited to see this Obi-Wan series get made because I want to see all this, all this empty time that we have not seen just to see if Obi-Wan had some PTSD and see if he really suffered with losing Anakin to the dark side. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they're going to really do that series and where the emotion level is really going to yeah. be. The thing is, I know that there's going to be some PTSD. I think he's going to go crazy a little bit too. Yeah. Because otherwise, I, I, I know that, um, you know, Uncle Owen calls himself a crazy old, calls Obi-Wan a crazy old wizard. Right. But it's just more of a, we got to see some of that. We got to see, we got to understand why this happened. What mm -hmm. makes, what makes everyone think that he's crazy? Just living out in the middle of the Dune Sea. Yeah. True. I, I I didn't catch it um, until the, the most recent time I watched it, but um, Yoda's comment to him about, about how he had training for him um, mm -hmm. at the end of episode three. Mm -hmm. I I never caught that before, but now with the series coming up, I it, that took on a new meaning for me to hear him say that. So we might we uh, might actually see let's some see this training. We might see some uh, yeah. some we might some see some Liam, communication Liam from Neeson Yoda, action. <laughs> Well, we were supposed to get Liam Neeson uh, uh, in that scene at the end of episode three when Yoda said he was communicating with, 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 with Qui-Gon. Yeah. Uh, there was a scene that Lucas cut 
where it was supposed to be Yoda meditating and listening to Qui-Gon tell him things about how he entered into the realm of the Force. Mm -hmm. uh, they shot the scene. The deleted scene was on the DVD, but they never mm -hmm. recorded Liam Neeson's dialogue, so that was never there. Um, but there is rumors that Liam Neeson may in fact return either for voiceovers or possible cool. flashbacks or force ghost for the nice. series. So cool. I hope so. Crossing my fingers on that. That's going to be a high budget yeah. series. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've already said it's going to be, it's going to carry the budget of the Mandalorian. So it's, oh it's going to look good. Awesome. Wow. Good. Hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, there's one thing that always that bothers me nowadays about A New Hope, and that is the trash compactor scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, because I can see that. It is, it, it feels almost, I, I know that there's like a peril aspect to this, but it's just more of, I feel like it didn't need to be there. <laughs> hmm. um, oh, yeah, the trash I, compactor? In a way, yeah, it didn't. I, it didn't. And, the, and the little swamp thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of speculation on who that is. I think that's like a servant that was supposed to come and help clean the the trash compactors or something. And she felt <laughs> she felt bonded to Luke in some way, so she felt pulling him underwater was giving him some sort of forced baptism. You should really look it up. Like it's interesting the to weird stuff dive into. <laughs> Where we find the, the the underworld of Star Wars fandom. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's an interesting place to go. <laughs> oh god. So um so yeah. overall, I guess uh if, if we're gonna talk about trash compactor scene, so let's talk about like what is what is your least favorite parts of this movie? What doesn't hold up now that held up maybe when you watched the movie for the first time twenty five years ago? Mm. Have you all ever seen the uh the ending scene without music? <laughs> yes where it's just no. it's just the sound effects of them walking up and there's no music whatsoever it's you should, so great mike yeah it is, it is probably the best example of how much music can change something <laughs> where dead silence is just it makes it almost cr like it's super cringy <laughs> so inter interesting thing about that scene i'll get back to your question mike i promise yeah, go um but did y'all ever notice that Chewie is not given a medal? Why not? Because they're assholes. Um, Luke were. Are they speciesists? It comes off that way. They're assholes. So, what's his, uh, so I, I'm being facetious. So, so Lucas actually commented on this because it was a bit of an outrage for a small group of, of fans yeah. that Chewbacca was not given a medal. Um, and he said, Wookie, in Wookie, in Wookie culture, that they believe that honor is a reward in and of itself, that it's not to be commended with material goods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, so medals, uh, medals are, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I want to say though, I I think it was either in the Rise of Skywalker or a deleted scene of the Rise of Skywalker where Chewie is actually given a medal of sorts. <laughs> if I can remember, if oh, I can remember of, that. that kind of it, it, it's at the end of Rise of Skywalker. It's okay. at the end. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, Which I have sorry, to ask sorry, then. Lucas. <laughs> if I have to ask then, if, if Lucas's reasoning was to never really give him a medal because of that reason, did Abrams basically give Lucas the middle finger and said, I'm giving Chewie one anyway? <laughs> You could be right. I, that's what it seems like. He said he respected Lucas, but that kind of feels like a middle finger. Like, ha ha, I got to make the last movie. Suck it. That's what it feels like. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. 
What, what's your what's your least favorite scene, Jeremy? I, I, I think about mine. The thing is, is that getting back to it, I just I can't get past the trash compactor scene. It, it's <laughs> it, it everything else seems to flow nicely, but there it just the action stops. Even with the amount of peril that they're in, when it starts to close in, it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel so mm -hmm. necessary. That's true. They could have yeah. fell through, got into the trash compactor, gotten out. There's yeah. no reason for it to have suddenly started out of nowhere and gave them five minutes of, you know, being shout, shouting at each other. Death. Exactly. Because yeah, I didn't I, feel like there was much character development there either. I felt Han and Leia were just arguing the whole time where Luke is just standing there watching them argue. Yeah. It's true. You're right. Yeah. It does really slow down the, the whole movie because you have that big shootout in the hallway. They drop in the trash compactor and it's just stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not moving. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's a good point. Yeah, it does seem a little bit contrived. You're right, Jeremy. And they would <laughs> and then they would get out and no nobody wouldn't would think to be waiting at the exits of the trash compactor for them. In exactly. Case they got out. <laughs> yeah, that does seem a little unbelievable. They they get the door open and nobody's waiting there just in case by <laughs> some chance they get out. Yeah. So I think you're onto something, uh, Jeremy. I, I think for me, the it's sticky moment of a new hope. Oh, we're gonna keep bringing up the sticky moment. I I cannot wait to hear how many it's sticky moments you pick out in the sequel trilogy. Because I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot of those. The whole trilogy was it's was, was <laughs> no. I um. This was prior to the special edition because they fixed this. But I've always hated in the original one how Obi-Wan's lightsaber flickers. So it looks like it's fizzling out oh, yeah. in the battle yeah. with Vader. Have you ever noticed that one part? And it just, the effects are, it's just so distracting to me. Mm -hmm. And they fixed it. And his, his like, it, yeah, I just, that's the one part I've never been able to get past. <laughs> I got good news for you on that one. Okay. Because... Even on the Blu-ray release back in 2011, if you watch Luke's lightsaber when he's uh, practicing with a droid on the Falcon, mm -hmm. the lightsaber in certain, certain, certain shots looks green. Huh. And then it's blue and then it's green. But I can confirm that on the new 4K release, they fixed the lightsabers. Not only is it blue the way it should be, but Obi-Wan's lightsaber now in that scene does not look that way. It's fixed. <laughs> nice. Good. So it's finally been fixed after all it's these no years. It's no longer sticky. Good. It's no longer <laughs> sticky. No longer an it's sticky moment. Someone finally said, "Yeah, we got to fix this. This looks like shit." Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I will wow, say okay. though, for for a New Hope, like they they um, try and make a lot of similarities between Luke and Anakin. They're just saying, oh, yeah, Luke's a fantastic pilot. But this is the only movie where we see Luke's piloting skills. True. Yeah, he doesn't. You're right. You, we don't see him fly really anymore. You don't see him fly or do any action stuff in the other movies. It's just Yeah, he just gets shot down in a snow speeder. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you, he doesn't really get the chance to shine in, uh, in uh, Empire Strikes Back because his gunner is taken out. Like. Right. It's just like, oh, Deck. okay. Deck. In the words of Yoda, <laughs> your father, you are not. Yeah. In a nutshell. <laughs> and that could have been that could have been also uh, based on how much they wanted to do CGI wise and everything too. Mm -hmm. But true. 
but I I don't think Luke is that fantastic of a pilot. When when Obi Wan says you're not such a bad pilot yourself, the only thing we've seen him drive is that little like land speeder that just glides across the Tatooine. That's it. <laughs> I know that they has he has like some sort of uh, oh shoot what was it. Uh, T sixteen speeder he bombs. Yeah, he bombs womp rats. Yeah, yeah. Flies womp rats. Yeah, that's <laughs> we only get we only get stories of Luke flying really good. We don't get the actual of flying and just using it to terrorize poor little defenseless creatures. Yeah, <laughs> and to be honest, I mean Luke's uh, piloting skills in A New Hope are not even that fantastic. They're kind of just generic. Yeah, they are. And he, this is red five going in. I'm going to blast it's, this yeah. particular spot in particular. It is just, and it's, oh, okay. So I caused a giant weird space storm that everyone tells me to pull up out of. Oh yeah, I got a little cooked, but I'm all right. That's, that's, that's his way of saying I made a mistake, but I corrected myself. <laughs> and think of it this way. He would have been dead if it wouldn't have been for Han coming in and saving his butt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, his piloting skills just, are just average. Just the, be- the best kid on the block. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, compared to the other pilots, I mean, you got the one who was just, he couldn't even eject from his X-Wing, and Stay then he crashed on target. His- Stay on target. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably my second is sticky moment. That, that guy is so obnoxious. He, he's, so, he's so about the mission. He's, he just <laughs> wants it to succeed. Yeah. He's like, no, focus. I mean, some people have got to be like that, but you can overextend that focus. <laughs> well, the, the, one, the one question I really wanted to ask before we get into Empire is, um, mm. you know, uh, we've seen, you know, how Rogue One ties into this. And I think Rogue One does a fantastic job tying into this, minus the fact that we see that scene with Vader taking down all the rebels really fast, but then he fights Obi-Wan slow as hell. Mm-hmm. That's my only gripe. But uh like even so, like when when we, when we've seen like Solo, for instance, um, do you can you see like the flow of Solo into a New Hope's Han Solo? Do they seem like they flow well? I feel like there's a little bit more story that has to go into it before it fully connects. Mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be at least a Solo sequel for yeah. it to truly feel like it's Han and Chewie when we meet them in the next part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a little bit yeah. of that empty gap. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's a bit more. I feel like the young solo is a bit more bombastically cocky. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's 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 yeah he's just he puts himself out. Wait, wait. I'm trying to think of like a example. I guess the older solo to me just feels he's definitely cocky, but he doesn't go out of his way to make sure people know it. Whereas the the young one to me just feels like he kind of wants to put himself out there as much as he can. True. I, I well the thing is I think that's why it needs that extra that extra story that's in the middle because yeah. of the fact that yeah. he's still hung up on the one girl um, yeah. and he like there needs to be some sort of closure with that before he can move on to the romance playa. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like to see where that yeah. resolve is too, especially getting some more uh, story with Darth Maul and him running running that whole thing Mm -hmm. it's really interesting and i've heard that there might be this is kind of like a rumor but there's rumors that there might be a disney plus series that focuses on that syndicate group and that solo would kind of be involved in that but it wouldn't be han solo's story but i think they could do enough with him there to give him a little bit to fill the gaps in to 
a new hope. So they actually even allude to a little bit in the end of um, season seven of Clone Wars. Um, mm. They kind of tie it into that syndicate and another syndicate that he's kind of overseeing and how he kind of pits them against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, but I agree. I think there could definitely be a lot more done with it. Yeah. Yeah. That needs but, to be, to your point, Jeremy, to, to mm-hmm. kind of tie us in those loose ends. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I will say Rogue One is the uh, the sole culprit yeah. in this is that it shows that Vader held back the entire original trilogy. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. yeah because I, I mean, and I and I'm I'm not gonna say it. I'm just it's more of a like he is suddenly reconnecting with his old master after how many years? He's meeting his son for the first time and trying to kill him, get to know him, sort of relationship, mm-hmm. which. Confusing, but it's it, that's that's why he's holding back. There's that that's the conflict. That makes that makes that a lot better of a reason for the fighting to be so downgraded. Dude, from yeah, yeah. Right? The it's co- he's conflicted. Yeah, he's pulling his punches. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah there was I a like fa- that. There was a fan theory out there that part of the reason why Vader had slowed down was something to do with after that confrontation, something to do with his his suit needed to be regenerated based upon what we saw in Rogue One with him being on Mustafar and that somehow regenerates him. That to me sounds like a bunch of bull. It's a stretch. It, it, that's a huge stretch. So basically because we've seen Mustafar's castle one time in Rogue One, that now provides the whole reasoning as to why he didn't fight fast. Need more batteries. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'd rather go with the the, the internal conflict. The internal yes. conflict is a lot better than, oh, my suit malfunction. Like, that doesn't make <laughs> exactly. sense. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, and, that Luke, is and Luke could right. see it. Luke could see the conflict. Mm-hmm. See the oh, yeah. Conflict in you. Conflict in you, I see. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah I like I, the theory, Jeremy. I, I, thought, I thought that uh, A New Hope ended very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, big celebration because that i mean that's kind of how episode one ended it was just a big celebration yeah hey we have a major Uh victory over this yeah that and the ending of episode four could have been the end of the entire thing it could have been one movie and that could have been it that would have worked but But we uh, wanted to know more (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah definitely that was never going to be enough for 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 the fans I, i actually don't think it could have ended because it was suddenly Luke has a lightsaber and doesn't know what to do with that sort of thing. Like, yeah, we needed more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We definitely need more. I, and we know Lucas's intention was definitely always more. Um, what always has gotten me with this original trilogy is how much time passes within is that like the whole trilogy mm. is, a, is a, in a span of four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and where we look back at, you know, the prequel trilogy, that's, like 20 years yeah. maybe to, yeah well there's i mean there's what i got a 10 year span between one and two yeah yeah so yeah it's quite a bit and for luke to be able to achieve jedi status within four years when it took anakin how long to even get to jedi knight yep <laughs> but it also could be that fact of where i'm going to bring up uh dan's point of view where he was talking about how it went more a less away from the technical aspect and more towards the spiritual aspect 
to where mm-hmm. you achieve some sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Just like Jedi enlightenment, for, for, force enlightenment. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, and he got to train with he got to train with Yoda, which I'm sure a lot of Jedi didn't get to. Well, that helped mm-hmm. in five. I mean, that definitely advanced his training. No, no question about it. Um, but on that note, mm-hmm. Empire, the classic Empire, strikes back. Mm-hmm. I My love. favorite battle scene, Battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. I do love the Battle love of it. Hoth. See, the thing is, is that I'm I I'm always conflicted with the battle the battle scenes in this is because you've got you've got the Battle of Hoth, which is uh-huh. undoubtedly awesome. But the chase scene and the asteroid field is also pretty good. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it yeah. also showcases the Millennium Falcon's, you know, capabilities of flight and maneuvering. Where, mm-hmm. you know, in A New Hope, you know, Han says, Oh, you know, I I can do this. Uh, you know, I have got some maneuvers, we'll lose them, but he still kind of flies in the straight line. Mm-hmm. At the- <laughs> it's funny because it's funny because Family Guy actually calls them out on it. It's like, yeah, I know some maneuvers will lose we'll lose them. You know, you're just listing lazily to the left. That's it. <laughs> and they, then it goes back to the guys in the Star Destroyers. Where did they go? There they are. They're listing lazily to the left. Go left, left. Man, this guy knows some maneuvers. <laughs> Which I, That's I think hilarious. I think it's I think it's so much. It, it's a close tie with Hoth and uh, mm. yeah. the asteroids. Yeah, yeah, those are two really good, really good battle scenes. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I probably put them up with. Uh, look at if I look at all the battle scenes in, in the original trilogy. Um, I mean, probably the only other one that really is mind blowing probably is the final Death Star battle in Return mm. of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, when you when you all watched it for the first time, did you think that they would win on Hoth? Did you get the sense? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. It, it you wanted them good. to. But you, you had the entire Imperial th- fleet coming towards this one planet. As much as they yeah. had that shield above them that could, you know, prevent what they say, any bombardment, I feel like they could have breached that mm-hmm. true. Pretty easily. Yeah. That's true. That's really true. Um in that moment, I think they're, they're they're so defeated. I mean, that whole battle, they never really feels like there's a moment where they're really going to have a shot to win. I mean, Luke should have just done the whole, like, shoot up to the, the belly of each one and just cut it open and thrown a bomb in each 18-18. Yeah, but think of how much <laughs> space is between every one of those things. They, wanted, they didn't want to keep in close proximity uh, to each other. So if they did get tripped, they didn't fall over into another one. Like, Right. Right. But yeah, it could have been the you know lightsaber ex machina sort of thing, <laughs> but you, you can only do that so many times before it becomes ridiculous. Like, why didn't they do this? They anticipate your strategy. Well, that definitely that moment when he uh, when Luke cuts down the ATAT. That's uh, that's really his first badass Jedi moment. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um. Trying to think what else is like really, really stands out in Empire, like in the very beginning. Um, what do y'all think of, Bo- of Boba Fett as a character? He's a in shame secondary character in Empire. Boba Fett has more of a menacing presence than he does in Jedi. 
and right. that's because he's he's a bounty hunter and he's caught his prey like that's the thing he was the one out of the what, how many were there there was like five other bounty hunters that vader was talking to uh, yeah there was like four or five mm-hmm. i just remember the lizard <laughs> oh no an ig88 ig88 was epic i remember ig88 from star wars shadows of the empire he was a hell of yep. a boss yes yeah <laughs> Scary boss. Can't forget that. <laughs> no. Uh, I think the I think the lizard creature isn't that um, what's his name? Bosk. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, because uh, I remember they made mention of him briefly in uh, in Solo. Mm-hmm. I think I think Woody Harrelson's character brought him up briefly in like a mm-hmm. line of dialogue or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Boba Fett himself. himself yeah, you know, Boba Fett's one of those characters where you know Boba Fett's a great character in general but i think he is so short-changed mm-hmm. in the oh. entire saga and uh i know a lot of people even think that and i think it's true at this point i think that boba fett of course didn't die in the pit the scarlet mm-hmm. pit right he somehow survived um yeah, in the books he did yeah so okay so if they do follow somewhat of that then yeah then uh, he couldn't be digested <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot it's of armor basically puked him back up yeah who knows? Maybe he'll show up in the Mandalorian. Oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> it Mando would be, versus Mando. That'd be pretty cool. Well, explain to me this article. I read this article, and this article, I just couldn't help but cringe at. Somebody had said, "Oh, Boba Fett may be a woman in the Mandalorian." I'm like, "How are you going to explain that?" He's a clone, right? Yeah, because we last time we saw him, it was. Uh, Last time we saw him, well, he's holding his father. He's cradling his dad's head. Right, <laughs> but you can't do that. You can't change what's no. already put into place. Then you'd have to change the entirety of the saga, basically. Did he have a sex yeah. change or something? Is that is that going to be the explanation there? That doesn't make any sense. No. I, I feel like that wouldn't. I I'm all for women empowerment in films and yeah. storylines and everything like that. But it's just yeah. it. It's when you start gender bending everybody to <laughs> to fit the you know everything else i i don't yeah, think that that would help theory no i mean if they, if they were so worried about that why didn't they make the mandalorian himself then a, a woman yeah you know i i also don't like that the the fact that they changed his voice from the original oh, cut really? yeah they changed his voice to mimic Django fett's from Oh, yeah, really? trilogy. Interesting. His his sounded more like raspy in the original cut, where it was like he'd yeah. been through a little bit more. You know, he's no good to me, dead. He's yeah, no good he's no good to me, dead. dead. He sounded like a ruthless guy. <laughs> yeah, he sounded more threatening than Django did. Like I felt like that was, it could have been fan service or whatever because they wanted him to be sound similar. But I felt like that takes away from the originality of the character itself the uniqueness mm-hmm. of it being mm-hmm. boba fett versus Django fett so weren't were, were the clones um weren't they de- designed to grow or mature more quickly yeah but the um but boba fett was just an unaltered normal. clone so oh unaltered okay. he wanted to raise him like a normal normal child mm. yeah yeah okay that makes sense. Which I guess, I you know, that. yeah, the argument could be, of course, oh, we got we to make him sound like Django because he's a clone. But the argument could also be made that 
he was an altered clone, so his voice could have been different, so therefore he wasn't like every other clone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. But all in yeah. all, yeah, I would like to see more of Boba Fett, and I'd like to see about like it because there is so much story that we don't get between two and five with him. Yeah. I mean, there's so much yeah. stuff. Yeah, there right. is there is a book out there that's like Boba Fett's journey to try and become a Mandalorian sort of thing, but it's mm -hmm. like it only deals with like a couple of years of him being alone and going. He I think he actually goes back to Camino after his dad's death. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say, how does he become a bounty hunter? How does one make that choice to devote their life to that kind of industry? <laughs> well, I guess you could say it's in his blood because it's the same as Django Fett, but <laughs> I can't remember the book. I, I have to go and find it. <laughs> huh. What was that game? You, you mentioned that game, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter was the, uh, um, the game where you play as Django Fett. Okay. Being recruited by Darth Tyrannus. Okay, so it's all during episode two or, or before episode mm -hmm. two then. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Um, but of course, well, uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, do you all remember how you felt when uh, you found out about Vader? Oh, you mean? When you found out. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fantastic I don't remember how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a. Uh, I mean, we're if we're talking about yeah, you're talking about Vader, right? You're talking about yeah, the trivial yeah. of him being the father and everything. Yeah. The um, twist. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's it's hard for me. I'm trying to really remember that because it feels like you know it was so long ago, and you know all I can do is remember knowing it, oh yeah. knowing it, you know, especially you know if you watch it in the proper order, it's no right. longer a shock or surprise. It's yeah, like, right. hey Luke, right. by the way, he's your father. Nudge, right. nudge. Right. But uh. I mean, that is still one of probably the best twists in, in, in movie history, but it's kind of eliminated now because everybody that's new to Star Wars is going to watch it in order. Mm -hmm. so, I think that was a last-minute decision, too. To make him the father? Really? Yes. I think it was like a last-minute decision to to make that the line. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I think I remember, remember hearing oh, the that. Line or, or the line or the plot line? The... I think, I think the plot line. I think the the whole the plot line of it. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think they were going to stick to that. They were going to stick to Vader killed Anakin or killed Luke's oh father. God. Yeah. Gosh. That would have yep. completely changed the whole saga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I would have lost some of its emotional impact then because oh, if he just would have yeah. been some average villain, how would you have explained you know Luke getting pissed off about Leia's the sister? Wanting to redeem. Mm -hmm. Right, and then Vader ultimately killing the Emperor. It would have been all well. Sorry, I can't say he killed the Emperor. Well, did he or did I don't know. I I don't know if the Emperor's a clone. And I, I'm confused there's some, still. There's some there's some unanswered questions still with that with that that piece. Well, according to Rise of Skywalker's novelization, it was in fact a clone of Palpatine. But yeah. I don't think I should have to read the novel in order to get the answers for that. The movie should have done that itself. So yeah. to me, the movie projects that he is Palpatine. So I still want to stick with that. I don't know how he survived that. The, no, he, I don't either. He's like I a like to think. I yeah. like to think that Vader killed a clone. That in Return of the Jedi, it, it was not the real Palpatine. That he survived. It's not that much <laughs> of a stretch. <laughs> no, but I they should have made that clear too. Yeah, they because like even in the movie, Luke is 
he's jabbing at Palpatine because he's so overconfident that he's like that he's gonna win, that he's there to watch the the rebellion fall and for Luke to turn and for yeah. him to become the new apprentice. I think those are just some of the inconsistencies that come when you just have such a long period of time and so many cooks over the pot. I I mean to to me that the the emittance of so much dark side energy at the moment that Palpatine died in Return of the Jedi implied that they were trying to communicate that very clearly that he died. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that was different than Maul with Maul's death, we had nothing like that. He just fell down the shaft. And there was mm-hmm. actually I think in some ways they were more consistent that way. Um, because they ended up saying he didn't die, which there was no mm-hmm. dark there was no dark force energy that came out of his his tumble. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're you're still we're still going off the the fact that what Mike was saying last episode, where he wants the explanation of how he was able to survive such <laughs> yeah. a dismemberment. You know, the, the mall the mall death I can buy a little bit because he fell down a shaft. The Palpatine mm-hmm. one I can't because at the end of the day, even if he fell down the shaft, the Death Star blew up like five ten minutes later. Right, mm-hmm. right, sure. So even if he got to the bottom of the shaft and landed, uh, it blew up. So where did he go? There wasn't like a random shuttle that that was at the bottom of the shaft. I knew there was a good reason I put my escape ship <laughs> at the bottom of this shaft. Do it, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Yeah, George Lucas had kind of a thing with Shaft, didn't he? Anyway, uh, a little bit. The other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay. So Empire also introduced us to a, another fan favorite character, Mr. Lando Calrissian, and the yeah the, the great city of Cloud City that I almost wish was real. It's just it's awesome. So nice. It was so great. I I loved that part. It just felt like a good space to get away for for the characters in the mm-hmm. middle of that episode mm-hmm. yeah yeah i liked that whole part of the movie i i thought it was a, definitely a different uh change of pace mm-hmm. from everything like all the action that kind of goes on before um i feel like we we're able to slow down quite a bit which was cool mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah as a kid i remember actually feeling most i don't i'm feeling i remember feeling the most uncomfortable um, with Bestman just always had kind of this cold feel to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially the end there where, the, I mean, especially when they're in kind of like the interior area that just kind of goes down into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, it was probably years that went by. It wasn't until after my high school years that I started trying to um, incorporate Empire back into my rotation of watching the films because mm-hmm. I would skip it. Because I, wow. as a kid, I just didn't, uh, Bespin just felt so creepy to me. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, when you're looking at it this way, though, like, uh, take a look at Lando. He's a scoundrel. He's, he pawned somebody out of the, you know, the mining facility. So Bespin wow. is just all his sort of deal. And, like, you think the place looks, like, super clean, but you almost feel like it's too clean. Like, too true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yep. like, you know, there's some shady stuff going around it's like there. A casino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Lando owns a casino in the sky, and it just looks—it's too good to be true. That's that's how I felt like when they got there in the first place. Like, it just everything seemed so quiet. Like, even the people yeah. walking past, it just didn't seem yeah. like things were. Well. Al, you said yeah. casino, and all I did was see flashes of Canto Bite and Finn and Rose on the damn. 
things, uh, those <laughs> creature things. I, I had some, I had some very bad no. flashbacks to that scene because that 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 scene I still. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at Bespin for what it is. It's a it's a Tabana gas mining colony. Okay, like that, <laughs> Tabana gas is pretty like that's good stuff. Like that's is, the money maker. Yeah. Does anybody know the background behind the guy who has a computer wired into his brain? Does it say his name's Lobot, right? I think. Yeah, I think it's Lobot. It's Lobot. What's going? What's going on with him? I feel like that's just like I want to say that's more of an android, like a servant sort of thing. I I feel like Uh, it it has enough intelligence to make its own decisions, but all in all, I think it's just a glorified servant. uh, Think of it this way, Al, kind of like Data, except more advanced. (laughs) Okay. I guess we could go with that. More human looking like. Sure. Yeah. No. It, more advanced in the hum- in the looks p- department, but not not any free like not enough free will as like Data did. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what do you guys think of uh, mm-hmm. now that we've seen uh, uh, what a young uh, Lando Calrissian looks like? I mean, I think we can all agree that uh, Donald Glover played him probably near perfect. Beautiful. Comparison yeah. to Billy Dee Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nearly perfect. And I think that uh, I think that's the one character out of Solo that I'm satisfied with seeing enough of to tie into this. Mm-hmm. Because I think the way they bookended sure. Solo was just perfect, especially the ending yeah. of the movie. Was perfect. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually came away from the sequel trilogy wishing that he had been in more of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he was he's a, he's a really good actor, and um, yeah, I felt like he contributed a lot when he when he kind of returns to the storyline. Mm-hmm. I think he really could have been utilized in The Last Jedi. I think there really could have been a good solid place for him, considering that's when the Resistance was kind of on its last legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when uh, when Leia was calling for help, I think it would have been kind of cool in that moment for, for him to have to have come and mm-hmm. been sure. one of the people that came and helped. And I, and I think that was kind of a missed opportunity. And I think that's one of the problems I almost had with Ryan Johnson is that I think that, yeah, he was trying to do something different with Star Wars, but when you're already eight movies into a saga – you don't try and change the mold when you have, when you're eight movies in. Hmm. You, you just don't do that. If if you were two or three in, fine. But when you're eight in, it's a little mm-hmm. late for that. <laughs> that. That's something I'm gonna have to agree with you on there. Yeah. But we can always wait for that until the next episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I always said a sequel trilogy is gonna be a lot of fun. There's a lot to discuss with that. A lot. There's a lot of things I like in it too, but there's a lot of problems too. Obviously, I feel like Mike's main goal for Rise of Sky for the sequel trilogy episode is to make Alistair cry. Like, I feel like that. <laughs> Alistair, love, are you gonna I weep? Love... <laughs> well, no. Al- Alistair and I did that podcast on the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. uh, about a month or two ago. That's true. Uh, yeah, but uh. I didn't. I didn't have much much hate for Rise of Skywalker as much as I did probably for Last Jedi. I, I don't want to say I dislike really any of them. I still like them because they're Star Wars. But mm-hmm. you know, I definitely have my issues. I, I think can't every, deny it. Every single Star Wars fan has their issues. Just mm-hmm. let's all enjoy it together. <laughs> That's right. The fandom. The fandom of Star Wars is the Force. We bind it all together. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, this is the thing about Star Wars fans. We can all argue amongst ourselves about what we de- like and didn't like in the, in the films, but as soon as somebody from the outside says it, we say, you shut up. Those are sacred. You shut up. Was Last Jedi <laughs> may, may, maybe maybe not so good? Yes, but you know what? I get to say what's bad about it, not you. Don't you knock Ewoks. <laughs> That's right. You don't like Ewoks? You don't, you don't get to talk about them. You're not a fan. Get out of here. 
<laughs> Only we get to do that. We're allowed. They're not. Wait, so, so is this jumping to talk about Ewoks? Well, I, I, I was actually going to say before we jump to Return of the Jedi, I do like the the way that Luke kind of gets out of his predicament after facing Vader, which was a really good lightsaber duel. I yeah. liked I liked the Vader yeah. Luke lightsaber duel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that one was significantly like it's on par with the duel in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked how they were able to connect both Luke and Leia at the end when he's hanging out, you know, outside with basically no hope. <laughs> And just calling out for Leia, just yeah. like, "Hey, you know what? Can you just come and get me? Come and pick me up. Leia. I'm right over here. <laughs> come get me." <laughs> the first dyad. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, the dyad. Although that kiss at the beginning of Empire, that you know, it just kind of. Mm. Now that we know, there's a hilarious YouTube. Uh, I'll let me. Okay, keep talking. I'll find. I think it. Lucas had a little bit of a thing for incest. Oh gosh. Whew. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's... <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I don't know. I gotta know I gotta I gotta I gotta wonder what he was thinking in that situation. Hmm, should I make the brother and sister kiss? Yeah, it's controversial. Let's do it. Maybe okay. Well the thing is, who knows when that was shot, when when that decision was made. Maybe that's, that's true another too. inconsistency with the storylines because oh crap, we did this. Well, it happened and we liked it, so we'll we'll just keep it here. That had to have been a, a giant like overall decision. It couldn't have just been Lucas with that. Probably true. Yeah, maybe he didn't decide the whole Vader father thing yet, and they just they just did keep it. You're probably right. That yeah. actually make a lot of sense because I don't really see what other frame of mind he was in in there other than maybe shock no. value. But that doesn't yeah. seem like Lucas. <laughs> but going into Return of the Jedi after that. If we're gonna, if that's what we're gonna start on. Yeah. The, the conversation between Luke and Leia, it makes it a lot more uncomfortable when you look into the, you know, past. You know, Leia, you're my sister, and she goes, "Yeah, I know. Somehow, I've always known." And that just that always made me uncomfortable after <laughs> numerous discussions of what happened between them. It's just like, yeah, you that's always true. Always knew. Why'd you do it? Yeah, yeah, that's a I good were, point. If I were Luke, I'd say, if you always knew it, then uh, why did we kiss? Why did you let that happen? I didn't feel it, but you felt, what, what was wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. But inconsistence. A <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Too, many well, cook, too many cooks over the script. <laughs> I feel like it's it's appropriate Rewrite. to move past the uh, inconsistency now, and let's let's look at yeah. the movie as a whole. Yeah, flush that aside. Uh, yeah, so the beginning, of Return of the Jedi. Uh, we get uh, Jabba the Hutt's Loved it. reveal. Loved it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I loved Jabba. I loved yeah. that they created a villain that was completely separate from the empire mm-hmm. like a, a like a, a, a completely separate organization it was so cool mm-hmm. yeah agreed yeah, I, I just I, I just I, to this day job which grosses me out fat slimy <laughs> piece of lard uh, he's, he's, a, he's a mafia boss like yeah, that's pretty much he's the space mafia Mm-hmm. the space mob and he's gonna he's he's comfortable he's fat he's gluttonous he's gonna do what he wants because he's, he got, a cool power, he's got the money oh <laughs> not the monkey oh 
thing. That, that shows true uh, power. Yeah, yeah. Hey, at least R2 gives him a shock before yep. it's all said and done. So that's what he deserves. It's still, it still weirds me out to this day that Jabba was going to use Leia as a sex slave. That just felt yeah, that is odd. weird bestiality at its best i guess ah yeah inter interspecies relationships man don't be knocking those interspecies relationships <laughs> well you know uh it is star wars and, and yeah i guess it's okay i guess How, how'd you all feel when luke arrived in return of the jedi you know he, he definitely has a different presence about different. him when he gets he, yeah i think it, it was like a he in the la in Empire, it was more of a coming of age sort of story mm -hmm. for him, where he finally came to this realization: like, I have a responsibility, and kind of took it very seriously at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I can't get past was him uh, coming in and using a force choke on both of the guards, which is more oh. dark side than it is. Yeah, the ga the Gamorians. That's yeah, true. Or Gamorians. Yeah, that was kind of yeah, that was kind of strange, because it doesn't like you could you know, mind trick your way past that if you're talking a species with a lower intelligence sort of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But to force um, choke that just seemed so different to me. Now, now that I look back on it, it's just like you've mm -hmm. only seen dark side users using a force choke. Mm. That's true. Mm. Yeah, because I, I even in the prequels we never saw a Jedi use a force choke. No, uh, unless you're talking about Anakin at the end of Episode Three where he choked. Yeah, right. <laughs> blurring of the lines a little. <laughs> but that's that was not consensual, guys. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Gosh. good old. But he, he he seemed a little bit more serious in Return of the Jedi. He seemed a bit more formidable. Um, but coming into Jedi, I felt like, I don't know why, but the Rancor scene doesn't do it for me like it used to, you know? Mm. Kind of like, you know, like the trash compactor, it's just kind of a waste of time and space. I mean, they needed a way to, to raise the stakes, and I get that the, this was, it was a large monster, and he needed to take care of it, but he also, like, it comes with the, uh, didn't have his lightsaber, didn't even try to use the force. Like, there was no way to get past this thing besides using his smarts. Mm -hmm. crushing, its, crushing its toenail. <laughs> yes. <With> the rock. <laughs> Which, it, it, for some reason, was enough to get him to let go. You'd think that being a big creature like that, he would just grip tighter and squeeze mm -hmm. the life out of him, sort mm -hmm. of deal. <laughs> Yeah, that Rancor scene doesn't, uh, you're right, it really doesn't quite work it, the way it It doesn't did. age well. I think right. that's what it is. It doesn't age. Sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because there's so much more things that you could do with character development instead of throwing a big monster at him. Right. Cool. Yeah, it's one of those moments where it just, uh, I mean, I, there's a lot of moments in these three movies where they've aged really well. Some things mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't seem dated, but yeah, sequences mm -hmm. like that, they do feel a little bit a little bit dated some of the effect work just like the, the the animatronic type of look of the rancor is really slow and the way he moves just feels robotic yeah because mm -hmm. i mean compare it to uh what you see in like video games that come from that or even do they showcase rancors at all in uh like 
uh, Clone Wars or Rebels? Um, they not. I I don't remember. I'm not sure. So the Rancors, the the Dathomiri sisters are in Clone Wars. Um, they might they might show Rancors back in some of those. Because I've seen them in the video games, and I know that they're a lot faster than what they showcase them to be. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just like it's like okay, sure, hmm. yep, I'll 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 take it for now because it's a little bit of action. It's showing Luke <laughs> that it's showing that Luke can handle himself in the situation. Yeah. But, right. Huh. But uh, yeah. So the ran the rancor scene, then we finally get Jabba's death. But you know what? The cool thing about this is, as and this scene still holds up well, even though I guess the. The, the barges flying on the sand does look a little dated, but mm -hmm. I like the scene in general because I do too. Um, yeah. the humor, the humor, and uh, how Luke saves Leia, or it's so fact that Leia uh, helps. It, Jabba Leia and uh, Han saves Lando when he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett where? It's <laughs> a great scene. You know, I think I am seeing a little bit better. Instead of a big dark blur, I'm seeing a big light blur. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can see a little better right now. What? No, I'm higher. <laughs> that is a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I do like the 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 Sarlacc now mm -hmm. better than the Sarlacc before. That effect it, looks uh, good. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Oh, Where, it's like the mouth it, coming up. Yes, yeah. because before it was just a hole with tentacles and teeth like coming out of the walls. Like there, there wasn't. It was just oh, okay. You're gonna throw me into a hole with teeth. That's this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely added more too, especially when Boba Fett fell in the trap. It looked like he literally got eaten up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh. So I did like that, the, the fact that that uh, that Leia did get a little bit of uh, action in there too, to where she was the cause of Jabba's oh, death. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, like I said, I'm all for women empowerment. I like the fact that she was the one to take him down after Fitting. he had basically branded her a slave. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed right that Gosh, she should have been the one that's to do such it. Such a creepy death, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all flailing out. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, it kept gurgling for, like, another 30 <laughs> seconds after he died. At 33, I timed it. <laughs> you timed it. Got it. <laughs> like Rice Krispies, so they take up, they, they crackle for a while. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, we'll move away from Jabba. Let's get away from there. <laughs> let, let, let's move into Luke going back to Dagobah for Yoda's unfortunate oh, death demise yeah. gosh yeah I, I understood yoda's death because it was yeah. his time he'd lived a very mm -hmm. long life a very mm -hmm. I, I thing is is that i don't know if yoda felt fulfilled at the end of that life <laughs> because he had kept talking down on himself like so much i mean he put himself into this exile for how many years this is like 25 years into the future and he's in exile but he's still trained a young boy, so I guess I feel fulfilled at the end of that. I guess my one question about Yoda is, you know, the end of... oh, go ahead. No, uh, you can go ahead, Mike. Okay. Um, the, uh, the I guess my one question is, if you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he said about them coming out of hiding at the right time, the Jedi coming out of hiding at the right time. 
So did Yoda never leave Dagobah? Ever? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, we don't have any evidence that his, like, escape pod thing was anywhere near him or if he had buried True. it somewhere yeah. because it's just, it, well, there was no power or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's even anything in Rebels, if I remember correctly, the, the TV series. You watched that, right? I have not gotten to Rebels, Rebels yet. I was going to finish uh, Clone Wars before Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, think, I think even in Rebels it. there's any indication. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I, I think that the scriptwriters did a really neat job of building up the tension of whether or not Luke was ready um, with Yoda. Am I am I misremembering? No, that was that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm mixing up the two scenes between um, uh, Empire, Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. I'm going to take a stop right here on Jedi and go back to Empire because we missed one very crucial scene of the movie, and that was uh, Luke going into that dark force cave. Oh yeah. And yeah. finding Darth Vader or what it showed to be him in the Darth Vader suit right there. I yeah. thought that was yeah. really good. I like that yeah, yeah. I, I love that scene. I agree too. Yeah. That the, the, that the greatest evil that he had to defeat wasn't Vader, but it was his own potential to succumb mm-hmm. to the dark side. Or how how'd you all interpret that that whole encounter? Much well, the after same scene, after seeing the movie, it was more of a foreshadowing of, hey, there is some relation between you and Darth Vader mm-hmm. because you're you're in that suit. Mm-hmm. But because you can't assume that every Darth is going to be some cybernetic, uh, you know, death lord. Right. I almost look at it as a parallel to almost like a hint as to it's his father, father and son kind mm-hmm. of becoming one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, almost a little parallel to that. And, uh, yeah, that scene. I, I remember being as, as a kid. That that was that scene really got to me. It was creepy. It was almost yeah, horror like. Mm-hmm. And that was the one scene I liked in Rise of Skywalker. I liked when when Ray kind of had that same moment. It was kind of a well, real nostalgic moment. And I think that Ray, Ray, yeah, it, it sounds like we're thinking Ray's experience might have been a little bit different than Luke's, and that Luke's might have been paralleling more the connection between him and Anakin, whereas Ray's, I think, was distinctly about an internal wrestling with her identity as a Palpatine and her potential right. to easily cascade to the, um, in the wrong direction. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I like that scene in Ray, too. I, I really enjoyed that. I, jo- I enjoyed them both. You're right. I'm glad you brought that back up, Jeremy. That is yeah. really important. Scene. I'm sorry. I was like, I just like, wait. That this is a key point in the entire trilogy, and we just yeah. went over it. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot about that. <laughs> right. That's a big moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so back to Yoda's death. Um, it, it, it's sad because, <laughs> you know, I, I look at his whole journey as a whole now, you know, and you, you're right, Jeremy, with the not really much resolve to his death because mm-hmm. it's very much unknown what's going to happen. Is Vader going to be taken down? Is the Empire going to be defeated? Yeah, you know? yeah, he, you're right. You're right. He he kind of even with his his bringing up there is another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He almost he has enough doubt in Luke's ability that he's kind of needing to find some reassurance in the fact that there's. There's still another hope if Luke fails. Yeah. 
Everybody thinking ahead, like, oh, he might fail. So great, great last words ahead. to Luke, right? <laughs> yeah. You're just still in confidence in him now. Yeah, so much yeah. confidence. Yeah. Uh, if you suck, there's another. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you look at it, there's, it, that wasn't even four years, as I was talking about earlier. That's a three-year gap of him going from Padawan or to, to just discovering the Force to being a, a like a Jedi like sort of thing. It's just like that's such mm-hmm. a small span of time to where you can suddenly justify someone being a Jedi after yeah. training with them for a little bit. Right. Yeah, but the turnaround's very, very fast and very quick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which makes it even more crazy that Anakin did not get to be a Jedi in the previous mm-hmm. or prequel trilogy. It's just another slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to be surprised that Darth Vader didn't just, you know, get like really pissed off. But like, you little... <laughs> I spent 20 years and suddenly you get three and that's it. You know, I, you're a self-proclaimed Jedi, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever I think of Return of Jedi now, the one thing that keeps ringing in my head, I keep thinking about Admiral Akbar for some reason mm. and how mistreated he was in The Last Jedi, how he did not get a fair death. He was killed off screen, essentially. He was killed yeah. in the background. I, yeah, I <sighs> really thought that Admiral Akbar was a commanding presence and deserved yeah. a lot more, but I feel that they, the people who wrote it, said, oh, he got enough screen time in Return of the Jedi, you know, planning the whole thing together and being in command of the whole battle and whatnot, which I guess it, it makes sense because you need to make space for somebody new, but they could have done it in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. I expected him to go down with a ship sort of thing instead of, uh, you know, just being bang. Bang, bang shot yeah. out of the window, done. Oh, darn. Oh, sorry. And like to not even see him. It's just in the background on top of it all. It's just like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, he died. Okay, anyway, moving on. Yep. Killed off a beloved character. It's a trap. It's a trap. Ryan, it's a the trap. Ryan Johnson way. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But so I, um, I, I loved Akbar in Return of the Jedi. He he was he stood mm-hmm. out to me. Definitely. Yeah, he definitely was a standout character. And I liked um, their plan. I thought the plan was good. Go in, disable the the shield, yeah, fly yeah. in, destroy it. Seems mm-hmm. simple enough, mm-hmm. right? Right. 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 <laughs> uh, see, so, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the uh, the Rogue One equivalent of all the Bothans dying to get the information. Oh, yeah. Because I don't. I still don't. I feel like I don't know what a Bothan looks like to this day. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're furry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Furry, got it. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned furry, the most controversial part of Return of the Jedi, the damn Ewoks. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I like the Ewoks. I, I like the Ewoks because I hate the Ewoks. Um, and because I don't like them, I like the fact that they use them to help take down the island. They they were very I, I would not have expected them coming into Return of the Jedi to play such like a, a such a species to play such a crucial role. But that's part of the reason I think it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say in a roundabout way I like them. I like that they used them. The Jar Jar moments of the original trilogy. Much, 
I, I think they spent too much time um, with some of the side stuff with the Ewok village mm-hmm. um, that probably could have been time used to develop other things a bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, but in terms of their role in the battle, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like the Ewoks were kind of like the Gungans, primitive. <laughs> didn't use much weapons besides getting food and everything. Like you didn't even know what other uh, animals were outside of ewoks living on endor like it can't just be other ewoks like that doesn't make sense like uh i don't know looking at the ewoks it just it almost feels a little empty (laughs) because they're tiny little teddy bears who worship c-3po for the reason the fact that he yeah They do know how to squish things with logs, though. <laughs> this is true. I mean, they they were a, quite innovative for being so primitive to take down the scout walkers. Like, <laughs> I don't. I feel like their intelligence is underestimated for that one thing because they are so put off as like cutesy little creatures. You know. Yeah. No, they're other other underestimated. In every way, yes. shape, or form. Indeed. Yeah. Maybe they just choose to live a, a primitive lifestyle instead of uh, getting away from such uh, uh, a conscious decision to mm-hmm. limit their technological advancement. Yes. It's, yeah. You know, I, 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 like I, I, I gotta, I gotta slap the fans in the face that didn't see this coming. Let's think about this. So, like you said, you compared the the Ewoks to the Gungans. Well, Episode One was the next Star Wars movie made. So maybe there should have been clear-cut signs that that's where Lucas was starting to move towards, like that kind of mm-hmm. primitive creature. <laughs> like a, type, yeah. I don't know. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the comedic relief. Yeah. Because they did add a little bit of comedic relief, but I still felt like they. I I felt the Ewoks were more threatening than the Gungans because the Gungans were so foolish seeming. yeah even with their 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 talking it i mean even though they have a primitive dialect as ewoks they still felt like a threatening force because you get a spear in your face they you were still spear. creative and resourceful mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah i loved every part about my... being on ewok to be on, or to be in on endor i liked <laughs> i liked all oh, it was a beautiful it was beautiful scenery and of course, the speeder bike chase is awesome. Still, so yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. They did a really good job with though with those scenes. Mm-hmm. I feel like those have aged well. Yeah, especially for the effects for the time. That that still that still holds up pretty well, mm-hmm. considering because back then, I can't really think of too many movies back in the '80s where they had scenes that were fast moving on a on a bike or something yeah. like that. I can't think of anything yeah. even close yeah. to that. Because that's yeah. that's it was in '83 uh, when that was that came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, crazy that all the, the all those Star Wars movies came out in the six year period, from 1977 yeah. to 83, and th- that was like that kind of opened the door for a lot of different movies. Was at like mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, 
<laughs> that's kind of the mistake that I think Disney made because you look at Lucas with the prequels. It was 99, 2002, 2005. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to put out these sequels every two years. Mm -hmm. And maybe if they would have had that extra year, they could have developed those scripts just a little bit more to make sure that there was a flow and a more of a consistent storytelling. There. Mm -hmm. yeah. Extra year could have made a difference. They should have followed Lucas's model there. And it seems to me that their biggest goal making that sequel trilogy was getting away from Lucas's model. And that was a mistake. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the final battle, a lot of stuff going on in this sequence, uh, especially we get to finally get to see the reveal of Paul Patine himself. Mm -hmm. in the flesh. Uh, loved him. I think that was my, my absolute favorite. Well, not my absolute favorite. But one of my favorites theme, favorite themes that John Williams did was Palpatine's theme because it is so menacing. Like mm -hmm. it, it has those low basses. <laughs> it's just, it's just so good. Like, like there are moments I think all throughout the trilogy that you can see the caught. Like we even as the the audience even before we even saw the prequels can see the conflict in vader where it just mm -hmm. kind of shows him staring off into the distance and you can tell he's reflecting mm -hmm. um and and it, yeah that there's there's some some turmoil um internally for him but palpatine gosh right from the beginning you can just tell this guy is 100 percent irredeemable evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah there's no and, turning back uh, for this I, guy yeah, I just I I love his character. I, I I thought I loved the actor who played him. I loved everything about Palpatine mm -hmm. in the original trilogy. Yeah, actually, sure. really, and really, and in, in, in the prequels as well. Um, I, mm -hmm. I think that Palpatine is a very consistently well played character for the first six movies. Yeah. Well, the great thing about Palpatine too is that he. Uh, you know, he very much almost really steals the prequel trilogy, especially mm -hmm. in episode three. I mean, he basically oh, yeah. steals the movie. But he, even even with, with the problems with Palpatine's storyline in Rise of Skywalker, I mean, he was still great in it, though. For the limited yeah. time he was still in it, he was still great in it. And he was still good to have him as as, as the, the threat in the last movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. still, still felt right. Yeah. 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 That was good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did like the final duel between Darth Vader and Luke. Although I actually like the the space battle of Endor better than the lightsaber duel, that was a pretty good sequence. That was, that was a strong was space battle sequence. Really good. The explosions. They, uh, you 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 not only got Tie Fighters, you got Tie Interceptors, you got multiple Star Destroyers, you know, trapping them in, and then suddenly, oh, the you know the Death Star is operational. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> right. Suddenly, you just see laser beams. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it definitely gives you a um, a, a, bit, a tinge of fear. Mm -hmm. um, I feel mm -hmm. like you're. I feel like you're experiencing everything along with Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've I completely understand how. I mean, it's it's just so well played. You see, you see how. I mean, Palpatine. I, when I was watching Revenge of the Sith, I was reminded just how strategically manipulative he is and how he he slowly coaxes mm -hmm. people to to mm -hmm. the edge and he just he does it again with luke um he's very patient uh and uh he's just such a good villain 
<laughs> like I said, like I said in the prequel, and he's just a master manipulator. And he's mm-hmm. like, he planted this information. He knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is all according to my design. <laughs> I think my favorite line is, you want this, don't you? <laughs> and how he just pets the lightsaber like this, don't you? Reminds me of Mr. Bigglesworth and Dr. Evil. Come, Mr. Bigglesworth! <laughs> I think I think my favorite Palpatine line was when he just looks at Luke and he goes, it was like in a mocking tone, oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends <laughs> arrive. <laughs> your friends will die. Really... <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of trivia, Mark Hamill does the voice of the Joker. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a fantastic um, mashup of this scene with the Emperor, <laughs> oh, where they God. take different lines of Mark Hamill as Joker, oh, and, and layer it and layer it over Palpatine's lines instead. It is it's so good. Like there's a part where um, he's electrocuting Luke, and Luke is like throwing his head back, and like his teeth are showing. And Palpatine's like, put a smile on. <laughs> <laughs> All I could do is picture Palpatine's laugh instead of Palpatine's laugh being the Joker's laugh. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that's great. Oh, that's I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's ingenious. <laughs> um, you know, th- this brings me to an interesting question, and this is the question that still plagues me today. So before the sequel trilogy got greenlit, you know, of course, Return of the Jedi was our was our ending to the saga. Mm-hmm. Now, now my question is: Were you satisfied by that ending for Star Wars before the sequel trilogy, and now seeing that the sequel trilogy is there, can you do without the sequel trilogy continuing and ending it with Return of the Jedi, or do you still like the ending of the sequel trilogy to use as the ending of the saga? I oh gosh, that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Because, I, unfortunately, I feel like Return of the Jedi ends rather quickly, to where yeah. they thought that all, you know, ends were pretty much met. I think I think it could have gotten away without having a sequel trilogy. To be honest, mm-hmm. it could have because yeah. it was so quick and easy and painless. At the end, it was just a giant celebration. The Empire is gone and whatnot, and everyone's standing up for the Empire. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I, I think I could have done without, <laughs> and I would have been fine. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I do like I. I guess this gets back a little bit towards the question of what is balance. Mm. Uh, the balancing of the force mean because I feel like the balance that we kind of have in the end of Jedi or Return of the Jedi. Is is slightly different than the balance we seem to have at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, this the sense I get Return of the Jedi is that balance is very much perceived as good as as one over evil, whereas Ray seems to be a bit more like we we found this middle like the that the the two the two sides have been wed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I from that perspective would. Uh, would would you all still say you you prefer you think you could end with the end of Return of the Jedi? 
and that take on balance. I've been conflicted on this for a while since the end of Rise of Skywalker. Um, even before the sequel trilogy was made, I always felt like, like what Jeremy said, the Return of the Jedi ended too quickly for it to be the end of, of a saga. Especially with all six movies being completed, it felt like it was just too fast, too quick, happy ending, we're done. And that's why I like having the sequel trilogy, because I felt a little bit more satisfied at the end of Rise of Skywalker than I did at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, maybe because I... I, I'm one of the ones, and I know some people don't don't like the ending of Rise of Skywalker. They don't like the fact that the last line is Rey Skywalker. Me, personally, I watch that scene. Every time she says Rey Skywalker, I, I get goosebumps. Mm. I do. Because when I was seeing Rise of Skywalker, I was, I was hoping that there was going to be a moment where she would recognize herself as a Skywalker. I was oh. kind of hoping for that. I was pulling for that. And, and, and I think that's why I was satisfied by it. Um... But yeah, I, I think the sequel trilogy to me feels like it's a little needed because of just the rushed ending of mm. Return of the Jedi and that Rise of Skywalker feels a little bit more of a final final mm. end. It feels a little more open and fleshed out of an ending yeah. versus just one that's rushed. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. And I'll agree with you. I, I honestly, I didn't mind the fact that she took on the Skywalker name because then it just shows that it's not your your bloodline that defines your destiny at all you can definitely right. be a force for change in yourself not it's not dictated by who is behind you mm-hmm. at all sure you can say you're a you know the granddaughter of palpatine but where's that gonna really get you <laughs> right so i think for me um it rests on one thing i think that i would have been content with um, Return of the Jedi being the ending, if it weren't for the fact that they replaced Sebastian Shaw with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, we do need to discuss that. <laughs> I, oh, it, it's, a, it was, it's a tough, it's a very tough call to make. <laughs> I, like, I saw why they did it, but I did not <laughs> like if they would have done that with Luke. Why didn't they bring back Ian Ewan McGregor? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, the whole point. Like I felt like it was just like, wait, no, you can't come here as your. Why do you get to be young in the in the uh, the afterlife of the? Force? And they actually they do bring that up in um. There's a there's a animated series called How It Should Have Ended. And mm-hmm. they, they point out like a lot of inconsistencies with the films. I, I, I strongly suggest you go and watch those. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it's like everyone suddenly goes to their younger selves and then there's, uh, what was it? Uh, they showed all the, the children that Anakin slaughtered oh, in, gee. in the third episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like right next to him as Force Ghosts wow. too. So I'm like, oh. That's awesome. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he should be H-I-S-H-E. Star Wars. Every single one of them. Just do it. Mm. Do it. <laughs> yeah, do it. I like that I found that video on TikTok for you, Alistair, and I said that to you, that do it. Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I was like, yep, oh. gotta send that over right now. Gotta so send many applications right of that line. So yep. many applications. <laughs> no. I, I've, I've 
yeah, I've seen countless videos with that line that, and every single one has been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that change, um, yeah, me, I viewed it like this. First of all, the reason why Ewan McGregor wasn't there is because I, I think Lucas was basically going by Anakin was hating Christensen because that's the last time he was good. And that's mm -hmm. the last time he was, you know, and I guess that was kind of the message there. And Ewan McGregor not being there was because Obi-Wan never went to the dark side. And when he died, he was, he was that. And, and, you know, here it is. We don't really know how the afterlife of the force works. Mm -hmm. So, Maybe in that moment he looks like Alec Guinness, but maybe he can look like Ewan McGregor whenever he feels like it. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I don't really remember. Did, did Yoda look young or old? He, I feel like he looked old, didn't he? He looked old. He, okay, he looked so old. they matched that, right? I mean, he's always looked old. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, he, He's been but old I, for a long but time. Not as, yeah. I just I felt like it was a, it was a mistake to, to do the Hayden Christensen route. I'd like I'd like to hear Lucas's explanation. Yeah, I would like to hear that because I don't I I can watch the um. I, I wonder the perhaps they, yeah. So so they they did a couple things. I it might be similar similar reasons for why they involved the Gungans and Return of the Jedi after the the special edition. Yeah, um, I, it might have just been for the purpose of creating greater solidarity between the prequels and the original trilogy, like just having more kind of continuities. Yeah, uh, but th that continuity just seemed a bit arbitrary to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd like to hear that. I'll have to watch Return of the Jedi with the commentary. I want to see if Lucas explains his reasoning for that because I'm I I would really be curious to know why he did it. Mm -hmm. If it's the same reason that I think he did it, I don't know, but I'd be very <laughs> curious to know. As soon as the as the grandkids of that actor watch the remastered, mommy. Why does Grandpa look different in that scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is, too. Luke, Luke, Grandpa out. <laughs> Luke is the one that sees him. I would look at Anakin, young Anakin, and go, who the hell are you? I've never seen what you look like before. Yeah. Who are you? Last time I saw you, you were an old man. That's the thing. That's that's the one thing that they What'd bring up in that. Dad? Isn't that how it should have ended? It's <laughs> like, man, I'm glad you showed up as a recognizable figure instead of somebody else that I have no idea what you, who you are in life. Like, that's true. Didn't really make sense to me. Yeah, that, that, that actually is a good explanation there. That doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense. Like, how would he know that that's his father? He's <laughs> never seen a, a picture of what his father looked like before he turned. He should look at Obi-Wan yeah. and says, who's this oh. young fool? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, another inconsistency with the, this trilogy compared to the other one is that, you know, there is, I don't think that there's any, like, records of history at all. Because when you talk to a bunch of people about the Force in this one, a lot of the Imperial officers are going, oh, it's like ancient magic and everything like that. You consider 20 years ago as ancient magic? Like, this isn't <laughs> too far <laughs> off. <laughs> that is a good question. I mean, maybe maybe the Empire was teaching them a different history. Sure. Lying to them, so therefore they didn't they didn't know about sure. the the Jedi, just to make it look like you know they weren't as as big and thing as they once were. From existence. Yeah. 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 They were. Okay. That would make, that would fit with the narrative for for the uh, for that the Empire. Work. Yeah. But okay, well we're, we're we are at, at the end. We? Yeah, so we're now at that point where, uh, okay, favorite moment Ed. of the original trilogy. Oh, geez. 
it's Dicky. Uh, favorite <laughs> moment of the original trilogy and worst moment of the original trilogy. Favorite moment. It, it has to be, you know, the, the fighters flying into the Death Star in uh, Return of the Jedi. Like that, like the music that just goes on with that, it's just like high intensity. Like I loved everything about the, that Endor battle in the fighter's perspective. It is good. Um, favorite moment is Vader's turn. I, I never come away from, come through that um, scene having not been emotionally moved when mm-hmm. Vader finally turns back to the good side. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The moment, moment he picks up Palpatine, I I just uh yeah. Do you good. like the do you like the fact they inserted the no <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, that's always been a little bit of <laughs> kind of a little over the one, top. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It sounded like when he turned into Vader and Revenge of the Sith. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh my favorite uh, my favorite moment, who, um, definitely probably has to come from Empire, for me. Um, I I like all like the big finale sequence on on Bespin on Cloud City. Mm-hmm. I like the the Vader mm-hmm. and Luke duel uh, through there, and um, how everything just kind of just flows between that going mm-hmm. on and and Han being being frozen in carbonite and what's going to happen to him. So I remember when I saw it the first time, I kept thinking, you know, is, is, is Han really dead? Is mm-hmm. they, they really kill him off? You know, what are they really going to do with that? And I remember that moment and I, right. and I still watch that. And I still, I still feel that moment where mm-hmm. I think, you know, is Han dead? You know, that, that would have been a huge death. I mean, especially now when I see when he dies in Force Awakens, how much it affected the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. how it would affect Return of the Jedi would have been even more interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Right. But uh, hmm. so worst moments of the original trilogy. Trash compactor. I'm still going back to this. <laughs> I can't get past it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can. I can see that. I might need you to go first, Mike. <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. That is that is kind of a hard question. It probably would have to come out of a New Hope, and that's just mainly because. The, the the flow of that movie is a little different than the last two. There's 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 a lot of slowdown moments, trash mm-hmm. compactor being one of them, of course. Um, I don't know. This is this is tough. I, I'm with you, Alistair. This is tough. Mm-hmm. I find it a little more difficult to really there's find a not, moment. Yeah, so there's I, not. Just, I just feel like I'm being too hard on the movies now. <laughs> <laughs> I came in with a quick answer. You guys are focusing for half an hour on what's your worst. <laughs> you know, I think I might have to go with, and it's not because I dislike the scene as a whole. It's just because it's the one part of Empire that really slows down the flow of things really going because it happens. Uh, it's when it's when Luke fi- first gets to Dagobah and that whole scene of convincing or trying to find Yoda and Yoda's playing the games. And at the same time, we have the scene in the asteroid and all the stuff happening with Han and Leia and everything. I, I, it's that one slowdown moment that really slows down Empire. And if I had to pick a moment, that might be it. And that's just because of the slowdown, not because I dislike the scenes. No, I totally get it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a yeah, prediction. I, I, I'm making a prediction for Alistair in my head. Go. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Um, probably, probably when Luke says, I want to go into town to get the power converters. <laughs> well, I lost myself a bet right there. <laughs> you know, that that's both podcasts in a row where he has chosen a line as his worst moment. Yes. A line. <laughs> <laughs> It's sticky and power converters. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, Al. All right. So that yeah. is that really your worst moment? Yeah, that's I, at least I can think of right now. Fair, fair enough. I don't know, man. He's, he's so whiny. He's a, he, uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend Luke being whiny <laughs> on the fact that he is he. He's living with his he's aunt, a teenager. Uncle. He's not Frodo L. He's living in a desert planet being a moisture farmer. A moisture farmer. Does that sound like a job you want to have in the Star Wars <laughs> universe, Alistair? No. I think we would, we all three of us would be just as whiny to go because our one fun thing that we can go is into town and to converse with my friends and get, get those power converters. <laughs> I'm trying to get power converters. Yep. <laughs> that's the highlight of his day, obviously. I mean, yep. if you're doing his job, well, that would be the highlight of the day. Otherwise, Gosh. he's sitting down drinking blue milk with his aunt and uncle. Like, that's that's it. And let's be honest, his aunt and uncle, they're, they are a bore. Yeah, they are pretty... Uh... They're pretty. They're pretty yeah. lame. They're, they're simple people. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are very simple people. But how... how... I don't think they had any reason to get or any means to get off of Tatooine and move to no. someplace else. Like they were, they were poor people. Yeah. yeah. Born and bred in Tatooine. They never left there. That was, that was all that they was knew. their lifestyle. It's all they knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. Luke felt he was destined for something bigger and he was, and that's yep. why he felt, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't whiny. I don't think that Luke was a whiny character. I think he was just, what is it? Anxious or just. There's like, frustra- he's there, frustrated. Yes, he's frustrated because he he knows that there's something more out there. Power converters are out there. <laughs> I need more of them. There are more advanced ones out there. Well, because like even in, even in a New Hope, he was talking about he was he was going to try and join the academy, and that's I think he was talking about the Imperial yeah. Academy. Is he what wanted to join with Biggs. Yeah. yeah, 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 and that's fine. That's totally okay. And then he meets Biggs and the Alliance, which is really because they have power converters. <laughs> <laughs> well, think of it this way: the, the 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 whininess of Luke, in a way, it goes away after A New Hope. I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah, because right. Luke gets away from the lifestyle. Yeah. The the whininess is impatience to start something that he right. wants to do. Like, mm. so it's it's impatience that lingers. You're right, and that lingers for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that 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 doesn't end until like the latter half of Empire. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just festers and just bubbles up until he finally gets to that moment where he mm-hmm. feels like he where he belongs. I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the final segment: the scores of all three. A new hope. Nine, Empire, ten, Return of the Jedi, nine. Okay. A New Hope, seven. <laughs> Empire, nine. Return of the Jedi, nine. Nice. Not bad. Uh, let's see. Um, 
A New Hope, uh, 7. Empire, 10. Return of the Jedi, 8. And that's your... I need to be more harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you... Okay, you do need to be more harsh, because I've listened to this before, where you were just 10s across the board for every single one of these films. At least it wasn't Mike last, you know, the prequels where it was 10, 10, 10 across the board. Well, well, like I said, every Star Wars movie for me is technically a 10 in the big scheme of things, but rating them in the scale of each other, Mm -hmm. a little different story. Sure. Oh, yeah. You got Lord of the Rings guy, you know, over here that, you know... (laughs) I'm mean, pointing this way. This. My, thing, my thing's all confused. You're pointing, Jeremy. <laughs> Mr. Ten of uh, Lord of the Rings. If Dan were here right now, he'd be saying, I'm out. I'm out. Don't know Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. But uh, we will have Dan back for the sequel trilogy, mm. which will be nice. It was, it was a bummer not to have him on for this one. I would have mm. liked to have heard some of his... Uh, Thoughts on the original? We trilogy. might have gone oh, for absolutely. four or four hours instead of two. <laughs> it, yeah, we probably would have doubled our time. We probably would have, but uh, we'll definitely um, at the beginning of the sequel trilogy. We'll definitely let him get some of his thoughts in the original trilogy, and also let him judge some of ours. Oh. You know, mm. so that'll that'll be kind of cool to see. Mm. Uh, he can he can point at us and say, "Well, I didn't I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that. <laughs> it would, would, you guys are all messed up." He's going to give the original trilogy tens across the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that seems about right. Yep. <laughs> but next show, the uh, the much loved sequel trilogy, beloved by everybody, everybody's favorite trilogy coming up. Mm-hmm. Holding my tongue, I'm holding my tongue. I'm holding my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's gonna be fun in a lot of ways because I know uh, even though it's Star Wars, we're all gonna have our, our our issues, and I think a lot of our issues are gonna be with the directors and Disney as a whole. That's really where our concern's going to come. Because I, for me, it's not—it's not the casting choices or even the characters that I really have a problem with. It's—it's it's none of that at all. Because I like the characters. It's just some of the, the story and plot choices that I think that could have been, much improved. Especially if we would have had more of a consistent story flow and a plan going ahead. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, all right, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you all on the sequel trilogy. Have a good night. May the force be with you. No doubt, this boy is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. How is that possible? Anakin was a good friend. When I first knew him, your father was a great pilot. But I was amazed how strongly the Force was with him. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. Once you start down the dark path, consume you at will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. A young Jedi named Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. Luke, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. You won't. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. 
If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. Never. I'll never turn to the dark side. Your insight serves you well. Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They could be made to serve the dark side of the Force. Obi-Wan has taught you well. You have controlled your fear. Now, release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me.